0: As soon as I open it, roaches Bro, when I walk in the house. <laughs> Did you scream? <laughs> you don't know my life, brother. Welcome back to Econics Talks, guys. When I pop up, everybody going to be like, man, overnight success. Lifestyle topics, entrepreneurship, and investing. Are you serious about this? Because if you are, then I'm willing to back the business. We want to inform you, educate you, and empower you so that you can maximize your life. Let's get started. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Econics Talks. My name is Josh. I am your host. Um, So we have been doing an Airbnb series. We just dropped episode three or the third installation of that series. So we're going to go ahead and finish that off today. So I'm going to go ahead and jump right into it. So the first thing we want to discuss is how to actually write a, a really good listing. So let's go ahead and talk about that. So One of the main things that you want to do when you're writing a listing is first thing you want to do is set the right tone. So this is extremely, extremely important. So fill your listing with personality. You want to fill it with that personality and avoid, you know, rules, certain rules, like super stern rules that would make a a guest feel unwelcome. Um, Some people oftentimes overcompensate because they want to protect their home. And and they think that because they have it written down, that guests will respect that. And unfortunately, that's just not the case. Because to be quite honest with you guys, most people won't read your entire listing, but you still need to have everything in there to cover your butt in case something does go wrong. So make sure you do set the right tone. Um, the second thing you want to do is be honest. I've seen um different hosts that lie um in their listing and it does not turn out good so you know little white lies may be tempting to attract certain customers but you're only setting them up for a disappointment because and you're gonna have a headache so um i want to, to harp on this point because it is it is extremely important to to do that so if you're not in the best neighborhood Um, it's okay. It's definitely okay to, to tell a guest that, you know, my, my Airbnb isn't in you know, a ritzy neighborhood. And I'm very honest about that. And um, if they have any issues with that, I'm very clear, Hey, this is in the listing that, you know, my, my home is located in an urban neighborhood and a working class neighborhood. If you don't feel comfortable with that or, or staying in that type of neighborhood, this property isn't for you. I'm very upfront about that. So if there's any issues, just be as honest as possible, because if not, it will show up in your review. And ultimately that will negatively affect your business. Um, Number three, Less is more. So while you're writing your listing, uh, make sure to keep your sentences and paragraphs short. And, you know, it's really common to, to break up text with subheadings and, and bulleted lists. So you want to make sure that whatever you're doing, you're presenting that information in a, in a way that's digestible for that audience. So make sure you don't over explain less is more. Number four, you want to emphasize unique selling points. So what about your listing makes it different from your competition? You want to highlight those features and you want to take pictures. For example, let's say you have a you're located right next to the interstate or you're located in a really dope area. Um, if you have a really nice view of the water, things like that, you want to you want to make sure that you emphasize in your in your um listing. If it's new, tell people like, hey, like honest, honestly, guys, The honesty policy is really dope, right? So once you set those expectations on the front end, if your listing is done correctly, it really removes a lot of the back end problems that you're going to deal with. So when you're talking about the honesty piece of it and emphasizing those unique selling points, do that. You want to make sure that you hype that up. Number five, you want to write to your audience understand what kinds of people would be interested in your space um, and make sure to call out the specifics you know that you would want to attract to to their attention. Um, so, for example, if you know that typically you you would attract a lot of college students, write to that audience. If you know you're going to attract a lot of professionals, um working professionals, doctors, lawyers, um, people who just work nine to fives, you know, at the end of the day, man, write to your audience, because at the end of the day, you want to make sure that they know what's included, um, in that listing. So a- another small example is if you know, you have a lot of working professionals, highlight the fact that you have a working space for them, or that you have an at-home gym. These are things that people value when they're on a vacation, Number six, paint a picture. So one of the things I had to do when I was writing my listing is I had to actually Google um, descriptive words for just housing and just how to write in a way that is descriptive using a lot of adjectives. So you don't want to settle for cliches like beautiful or amazing. Um, You want to use words like rich and vivid and be specific. You want to use words that describe your listing and nearby places of interest. So when you're painting that picture, make sure if you got to use a thesaurus, use those unique words. There are a lot of guides out here on how to write a real estate listing. A lot of those words are transferable to an Airbnb listing. So make sure you implement implement those six steps and you'll be able to go ahead and um go ahead and knock that out. Number two, what I want to talk about next are security systems and locks. This can get kind of pricey. So I'm just going to keep it honest with you guys. Um, this can this can be kind of pricey. If you hear a um, change in the back or whatever, that's my dog's necklace. So um, she, she's next to me hanging out. Anyway, um, when you're looking at securities and locks, when I first started, I went on Wish so Wish has a lot of inexpensive security systems. So, you know, if you have the budget, go ahead and spend that money up front because you're going to want to do it anyway. Um, the The original camera system that I had was not a, it didn't record. Um, and I had to, I had to like buy like add-ons to make it record. I didn't have the money. As time went on, I was able to take a step down and... I was, I'm sorry, take a step back and invest into an actual security system that was beneficial. But understand guys, you don't have to have everything done now because when you're, when you're running this Airbnb, understand if you don't have the money, the Airbnb will give you the money, but with those profits, you invest it right back into the business. So thankfully for me, I was able to, I was able to really, you know, honestly, I got lucky. You know, at the job I had at the time had a promotion. So I used my points. I got, got some points and I redeemed them for some security cameras. And then I ended up buying one on my own. So um, that's how I got mine. I'm gonna just keep it hundred with you guys. I was resourceful. But another, another uh quick tip is if you're looking for a security system, a lot of things that you would use to find. Um, different things to furnish your home, you can use those same search engines to find used camera camera systems. So for example, if you want to get an Arlo camera, those are the the types of cameras that I have. Um, Arlo cameras are pretty cool. They are pricey, but they have the recording, they have, um, it's self-monitoring. You can pay for extra stuff where it records all the time, and you can go on their website and look for that stuff. But Uh, Arlo cameras are really good. I know a lot of people use Ring. Um, I do like Arlo, but I've never used any other system but Arlo. So I can only speak to that one specifically. When you're looking at the types of locks for your door, this this one is tricky because there are multiple ways to attack this. There are multiple ways to, to make this happen. So one of the things that I did was when I first started out, I just issued out a key and I quickly realized that that wasn't necessarily the best thing for me because my first guest lost my key. And then I had, obviously I had a spare, um, but it definitely made it harder on me. The goal, the goal of this guys is to make sure that you automate everything as much as you can. So when your guest is checking in, nobody feels like, you know, going to the Airbnb and having to meet them. You want to make sure that, um, you make it as seamless as possible. So when I, like I said, when I first started, I had a, um, I had just a regular key. It was lost. So then I went ahead and implemented a key or a lock with a keypad on it. That was cool. For the most part, the only downside or the main downside to having a, um, like a keypad with a code was, I had to change the the, the, um, code all the time just to protect the house because guests could get back in. So that is time consuming having to remember the code and figure out which code I issued out. It's just, it's just time consuming. Some people don't really care and they they won't change the code, but you know, you really want to make sure that you protect that investment because you don't want anybody to have access to that home. So what I ended up with um, a lot of people use this when they use what's called August home. So the last, the latest generation I think ran about 250 so it is a little pricey but again you only have to purchase it one time this is a one time purchase so with the august home app one of the cool things about that that really that i really liked is it integrates with the airbnb app so as soon as a guest books it automatically sends an email to that guest and tells them hey download this app because this is your virtual key so everything's automated literally everything from there, um since it integrates, it just makes the check in process extremely extremely easy now, of course, you're gonna have those people or or guests who aren't necessarily tech savvy, and I've run into that quite a few times myself, so what I do is as a as a um as a safety measure, I do keep. A physical key on property. Obviously, people don't know where it is, but there is a physical key. So that's one of the ways that you can handle that. Just in case you may have a guest that isn't tech savvy, you know, and there are a lot of people like that. So you have to make sure that you think things through and think ahead. Because at the end of the day, man, you do not want to have to get up at the middle of the night just to go let somebody in. I've had that happen to me a few times, and it is not fun. Um, And it gives your it gives your guest. a a bad experience. And ultimately, guys, we're in the hospitality business if you're doing the Airbnb stuff. So you want to make sure that their experience is as seamless and it's a good overall experience for them. Think about you, how you would act in that situation. So the Argus Home Lock, some people use the locks, um, lock boxes, and they give them a code to put in. A lot of people use use that as well. Um, It is less expensive. So if you're just starting out, that's not a bad way to go. But if you want a little bit more high tech, something that's more automated and will last, the August home lock is, is pretty good. Um, installing it wasn't too bad. Uh, it took about 20 minutes for me. Uh, I'm lying. It took about almost an hour because I had to figure it out. Uh, you know, I had to figure out how to install it and all that jazz and then remove my old lock. Anyways there they give really specific instructions so if you need help they have guides online that can really help you out so as far as the security systems and locks that's how i would go be resourceful don't just buy anything just because that's at best buy make sure you look at the reviews but again those two suggestions are uh, highly recommended for anyone doing this business what's up econics fam it's josh checking in I want to quickly dive into something crucial, your financial piece. So picture this, comfortable conversations about your budget that actually makes sense, life insurance that's not a headache, and managing your debt without all of the confusion. Well, that's exactly how I intend to serve all of you. So if you'd like to connect and begin your journey towards financial freedom, well, just tap the link in the show notes to schedule a meeting and we'll chat. I'm really excited to show you how I can earn your business. And now on to the show. Number three, how to maximize your profits. And so first thing I want to talk about with maximizing the profits is, is pricing. A lot of people don't understand or know how to price their Airbnb. There there are a couple of ways to do this. One, um, in, in the first episode of the Airbnb series, we talked about AirDNA.co. AirDNA.co does give you market research so they can show you kind of what other people are, are charging. But I found it a lot easier because you want direct information. So, yes, when you're looking at a high level of when you're looking at trying to find a location, you want um, uh, not micro, you want macro, m- macro statistics. So you can kind of look at areas. But when you're looking at. Pricing specific pricing, you want to make sure that you I went on Air, Airbnb's website. And I started to look at different listings and I was just looking at what they were charging per night. So that kind of gave me a gauge of, okay, this property is similar to mine. It's also located in my same zip code. So, all right, cool. Now let me see what they're charging per night. And that will kind of give you that gauge. So I utilize a service called Beyond Pricing. Beyond Pricing is an automatic pricing tool. So I've used it for years they take a 1% i believe it's 1% but they take a 1% fee of what you make over the month personally it's never been anything that was super crazy for me like it's not a couple hundred dollars it's really not a ton of money uh, it's worth in, in my opinion it's worth it you know because i don't have time to check prices every week to see you know, what events coming up in this in, in tampa what what What's happening this weekend? Do I need to raise my prices? That kind of stuff. So you want to make sure that you utilize every resource possible to automate this because when you automate, then you can scale. You can focus on finding other properties. So Beyond Pricing was a godsend. Another website is called Price Labs. Um, they do essentially the same thing. They just have a different model. I believe they charge you a flat fee. For me, I'll, I'll say... Yeah, 1% sounds a lot like a lot to some people, but realistically, I was paying probably sometimes $13 a month, sometimes $20. But you know, if you go with a flat rate, you're just gonna play that, pay that flat rate. So it all depends on how you want to attack that. So that's that's my advice on how to price your your um your Airbnb. Um and it goes the same for cleaning fees as well. Look at what other places are, look at what other similar places are charging and then go with that. You don't want to go too high or go too low. You want to make sure one you're making your money, but two you do not want to um kick yourself out of the market because you're priced too high. Another thing that you can use to maximize your profits is something called instant booking. So instant booking is essentially a feature where a guest can go on and if they find your property and they like it, they can book it instantly without having to message you. Now, for those people who want more protection, because obviously you have to protect your your home as well. We talked about that on the last episode. Well, when you're utilizing the instant booking, you can turn it on, you can turn it off. There's a feature that allows you, because a lot of people are really worried about screening and we're going to get to that. But because of the customization of the instant booking tool, it does allow you some flexibility with pre-screening. So you definitely want, I have that feature turned on. I would definitely recommend that you have that feature turned on if you want to maximize the profitability of your location. However, the downside to the instant booking is you don't necessarily know who's coming. Um, and I'll talk about a way to kind of help you out with that, but um, you don't know who's coming. you—you you, And you never know who's coming, but Typically, when a guest reached out, reaches out to you, they're going to tell you why they're coming into town. They may be coming into town for a wedding. They may be coming into town for a conference or, you know, taking their kids, dropping their kids off to college. So it just depends on what they're coming in town for to see, you know, if that, if that makes sense. Um, another feature that Airbnb has is called a guidebook. Um, a guidebook is actually really cool, man. So a guidebook is very simple. It's it's a, it's a, a digital uh pamphlet essentially of different restaurants uh different theme parks and pretty much anything you want to give your guest and show it's a it's a guidebook to go around the city a lot of people have physical guidebooks for people who aren't um tech savvy but with this one if you send them an initial an initial i'm sorry i can't talk today y'all an initial message then that will help you out as far as the guidebook and i'm actually to do a sidebar one of the things that i found. Um, because a lot of times you'll get questions, you'll get questions. Hey, when is trash day? When is this? You know, what do I do with this? How do I, how do you want me to wash? How do you want me? You get all types of questions. What I found is the more communication that you have with the guests, the better. And you don't necessarily have to ask them questions. You just want to make sure that you are informing them of what's going on. So how that looks practically is you tell them when check-in is, you tell them when checkout is, you tell them what the Wi-Fi password is, even though they already have access to all this, make it easy. And Airbnb just released, they just released a feature where you can actually automate these messages. So you can schedule them out prior to a guest coming in. That way it's off of you. It automatically goes out. You don't have to worry about any any of that. Write the message one time. But you can answer when trash pickup is, is, is due. You can tell them, hey, go check out my guidebook because it has a lot of different um, things you can do in the city. So you want to make sure that you definitely utilize the automated messaging and the guidebook. Because what that does help you with is, one, it informs your customers so that gives them a better customer experience. Two, that, that kills all the extra communication that you have to have with the guests. Honestly, less is better. You really don't want guests hitting you up because if they're hitting you up, that means that they need something and you don't want them to need anything. So kill that on the front end by giving them all the information that they need number four, dealing with cancellations and pre-screening. So I was talking about this a little bit, a couple of minutes ago. So dealing with cancellations, there are a couple of ways to deal with that. Airbnb gives you different options. So they have a flexible cancellation. And what that one does is if they, you get a full refund, if you cancel up to the day before. So let's say they're checking in on a Thursday and they check and they they cancel on Monday. I'm sorry. on. Um, on Wednesday, they still get that full refund. So that's, that's as flexible as it gets. There are other ones like they have a moderate cancellation policy. If you cancel out five days in advance, you get a 50% discount. So guys understand this is, this is, I'll leave this up to you guys to, to determine how you want your cancellation policy to go. Um, everybody's different with how they strategize for business when I first started out, I was just, I just wanted bookings because I really didn't know, I didn't, really didn't know what to expect. So I just wanted bookings. So I had a, I had a very, um, I had the lowest cancellation policy that they could have. And as I started to, to get more reviews and, you know, that kind of thing, I went ahead and changed it to more of a moderate because at the end of the day, guys, what you don't understand is if a guest cancels on you, let's say you have a weekend coming up and typically your weekend prices are going to be higher. If a guest cancels on that weekend and they leave you hanging, well, guess what? Your Airbnb may not be booked. For me, my experience is typically when you do have that open calendar, it does get filled. But for the most part, you still want to make sure that you protect your business. And at the end of the day, For those of you who want those super flexible policies, go for it. If you want more of a moderate one, go for that one. Now, they have about six or seven, but those are the main ones that you want to worry about. When you're talking about pre-screening, one of the things that I've noticed as far as pre-screening is concerned when you have that instant book on, there is another feature that requires them to have a driver's license or have uploaded their driver's license in order to verify that they are a real person and not somebody just trying to um, just book for the hell of it or some some kid trying to book it into a party. I want to be very clear about this, guys. When you're talking about pre-screening, understand if a customer or a guest is trying to have you communicate outside of the app, don't do it. I'm telling you from experience, don't do it. Typically, if you know there are times where you will need to communicate with guests um, on their phone, I do it all the time. But if they're asking you for payments, if they're asking you, "Hey, um, I, I had a guest just hit me up the other day. Hey, you know, I have my Cash App." credit card, or cash app card, and it's not allowing me to use it. Um, Can you, can you, do you accept cash app payments? No, I don't accept cash app payments because guess what happens? If you take that booking and you allow them to pay you through cash app or any other mode, that's not on the Airbnb website, all of that protection, all of that insurance, everything that Airbnb offers to protect your property, you lose all of that all of that's gone because you took money outside of the actual, um, website. So make sure you work smart. And I know it may sound good, but people have gotten scammed. There are tons of people out here who've lost money from people just trying to essentially rip them off. So make sure if you have that instant book feature turned on, that other option for them to have that um, driver's license, make sure you turn that one on as well. Um, And there, there are other options as well. You can require them to message you, to let them, to let them know, um, to let you know why they're coming to town. Um, There are a lot of different things you can send, you know, they can send you automated automatic requests, all kinds of stuff. So you definitely want to play with it. But as far as my experience, the pre-screening process could be a lot better for hosts, but you know, I think that it's more so geared towards the customer. So, you know, you can't win them all. Uh, just make sure that you just have to make sure that you do what you can to ensure that you aren't um, allowing horrible people to book your, your your place. And I will say this: as as you get more experienced in this area, you'll notice there are a lot of people who want to throw parties and a lot of people who necess- who aren't necessarily trying to follow the rules or trying to, you know, and they want to. Um, book for one person, but invite like eight people. Well, those people, they do exist. Um, but you want to make sure that you protect your investment. So make sure that you have them verify all of their stuff before they're booking with you. And that's it, guys. I, I want to say thank you to everyone who who actually listened to this Airbnb series. Obviously, there's so much more that we could talk about. Um, I could talk about, you know, how to deal with guests. Guest escalations. I've had to deal with that, how to make claims on Airbnb, how to automate, you know, util- utilizing uh, Grubhub, Uber Eats. Uh, I've even cash out guests um, money before just to just to thank them for just to contribute to their dinner. You know, I had a guest one time, um, I made a mistake on my check-in and check-out times because I had changed it and didn't realize Actually, I was supposed to change it and didn't realize it. Well, the guest was supposed to check in and I I had to tell her like, hey, you can't check in yet because the place wasn't ready. Well, to offset that, I did pay for her dinner that night. Now, everybody may not be in a position to do that. But again, as you start to do Airbnb, once you start to make profits, you're going to start saving that money. What you do with that money is your choice. But guess what? If you want to invest back into your customers, that in turn does help them leave you a review. I'm going to give you one more thing um, as far as the reviews. So with Airbnb, with Airbnb, if you are a host, you live and die by your reviews. If you have poor reviews, people obviously won't book for you, book with you. So in order to get those those five-star reviews and to make them consistent, do little things that will make the customer feel special. You know, put little touches in your home that will make the guest feel special. If you want to write a personalized note, just thanking them for allowing for you for you being their host, do something like that. If you want to leave a bottle of wine, I've done that before. If it's during the holidays, you can leave them a Hershey kiss, like anything, just subtle things. People like to feel special. So think about if you are a guest and you're walking into a brand new Airbnb, what would you like to have on your end? so make sure that when you're 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 setting up your homes and you want to get those reviews do stuff like that have automated messages go out you know a day or two after their check in and say hey just wanted to check in and make sure you have everything is everything good they'll be like yes or no this is what i need this is what i don't need at the end of that Tell them, hey, I'm going to give you a five-star review. I hope I've earned the same from you. Let them know because now they're on notice. It's okay to ask for a review. People understand that you need reviews to make this pop. You need reviews to get more bookings. So don't be afraid to ask. Just be honest about it. Hey, I'm giving you a five-star. Um, don't ask for one, but just let them know. Hey, I'm giving you a five-star. I would love if you left me a review. If you know you've done all everything that you can to get that review, um, then leave it up to leave it up to have some faith, know your business model, have have um have faith and be confident that you've done the best you can do to earn that five star review. And typically you will see that now you will have people out there who will leave three stars, one stars, two stars all the time it happens. But for the most part, people are honest. Um, And again, guys, that's really all I have for you as far as the Airbnb series is concerned. So if you have any other questions, please reach out to me uh, via Instagram sign up for our newsletter on the website. That's econix.co. That's E-C-O-N-I-X.co. You can, you can sign up for their newsletter there. Um, and, and guys, again, thank you. Thank you. If you want me to cover any other series or it could be marketing, anything, um, and I have knowledge on it, I'll go ahead and share that. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. And on that note, y'all have a good day. Peace. <music> la we'll